Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 47 of the Spirituality for Ordinary People podcast. My name is Matt Bruff, and I am a pastor and an author and obviously a podcaster. Today, I've got a fantastic interview with Lacey Clark Elman. Uh, Lacey is a spiritual director, uh, a facilitator, and she has an amazing website called A Sacred Journey. Uh, We'll talk about that a bit on the interview. And this is such a great interview. We talk a lot about pilgrimage. Um, That's something that she is really all about. Um, That's why she's got the word journey in the title of her website. Uh, And she has so many resources on that uh, site. So I encourage you to to check that out, uh, sacredjourney.net. So we talk a lot about pilgrimage and journey and what that means for the life of faith. Uh, Not just about going on pilgrimages away, but also how do you apply uh, pilgrimage principles in your everyday life, which is just, I think, really fascinating. And she walks us through seven different principles that she has uh, at some point, uh, kind of midway through the interview, we get into that. Um, And that is just fantastic stuff. Um, You can find out more about uh, Lacey on her website, but also just by continuing to listen today. Uh, And I know you're going to enjoy this one. Also, right now, I am running a huge giveaway. So uh, I took 24 books. There's 24 actual books that uh, of guests who have been on this podcast. And uh, you can enter the giveaway to actually win all 24 real books, paperback or hardcover books that would be delivered right to your door. Uh, and it's really easy to enter. You just go to spiritualityforordinarypeople.com slash giveaway. And then you just put in your uh, name and email. And then you can share the giveaway. And the more you share it, either by email with friends or on social media, then your chances of winning the giveaway, uh, they they go up. So it's uh, it's kind of a cool thing. So I encourage you to go and Uh, take a look at that. And if you haven't entered yet to go ahead and enter that giveaway. So again, that's spiritualityforordinarypeople.com slash giveaway. Uh, But for now, you can sit back, relax, uh, or keep driving if you're listening to this in the car and uh, listen to this great interview with Lacey Clark Elman. I actually wanted to begin, I don't always do this, but I kind of wanted to begin by reading your bio because I actually think it's a really awesome bio. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so uh, so I'm going to read it out for people and then you can maybe expand on it a little bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, Lacey Clark Elman holds a master's degree in theology and culture and a certificate in spiritual direction and was selected as a new contemplative by Spiritual Directors International in 2015. Professionally, she is a spiritual director, maker, and facilitator who speaks the language of pilgrimage and is always ready for the next adventure, having traveled to over 20 countries on four continents. Personally, she is a lover of food, books, spirituality, growing and making things, far-off places, and lovely spaces. While traveling, you'll find her wandering museums and markets, exploring exploring cities by foot, and sampling local fare. At home in Seattle, she loves to garden, take walks in the nearby forest, and go on armchair journeys through her favorite shows from across the pond. (laughs) Um, So I I want to read all of that because I yeah, but it's so good. 
And, uh, and then I need to ask you too about, uh, and maybe just let our listeners know, uh, your main website where, where you can find kind of everything about what yeah. you do and what you're about is a sacredjourney.net. Yes, it is. Um, and it's really all about pilgrimage and journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you can just tell us a little bit more about what you do and who you are. I know that for the- yeah. So my work is practicing pilgrimage at home and abroad. And um, that became my focus in graduate school, though I'm sure as we kind of dig into the conversation, um, it's easy to see how much pilgrimage was a part of my life even before I had um, the practice to, you know, to give it a name. Um, and so I, I see pilgrimage as a, um, a framework, a path to transformation, the, the ancient practice of pilgrimage, as well as a metaphor. I think all of us, no matter what tradition we're in, have heard life or the spiritual journey. Well, spirituality described as a journey, right? Faith as a journey and as a pilgrimage. And so, um, that's what my work focuses on providing tools, um, education resources for people who are wandering spirits who want to take those journeys abroad, as well as those who want to dig in at home as well. And so um, the title that, you know, I could put down on a form is is spiritual director, um, uh, pilgrimage facilitator and guide. Um, But it it kind of is all under this pilgrimage umbrella and uh, something that I feel like isn't necessarily just a niche market either. I have a sneaking suspicion. It's um, an invitation for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I kind of want to ask you about that. You mentioned metaphor and yeah. maybe we'll just kind of jump into this. I, Christians, um, I think it's mostly Christians who are listening to my podcast. Um, they're used to hearing about things like following Jesus, mm-hmm. but I think many Christians, probably Protestants mostly, Mm-hmm. kind of hesitate or balk at the idea of pilgrimage um, or something like walking a labyrinth or prayer walking even. And I'm just wondering if you might have something to say about why you think that is that the people yeah. might, like we have this inbuilt language of following Jesus, but uh, I don't know about pilgrimage. Like what is that? Yeah. Well, they would be following in the tradition of Protestantism since it was Martin Luther who kind of put an end to um, the golden age of pilgrimage hmm. in, uh, in, you know, the 1500s with his, his 95 theses. And so that was a season uh, where a lot of people were journeying, particularly to the Holy Land and to Rome and uh, the Camino, Santiago de Compostela, which if people have heard of pilgrimage, might have heard of there was that movie, The Way, a few years back. Hmm. And, and that's walking across Spain. And so, well, and the reason you're walking across Spain is because um, Santiago, St. James, uh, the cathedral there is said to house the relics, you know, remains. Like, I think it's like a finger, you know, or something uh, of St. James. And so the idea was that um, in those ages, people would come and do these pilgrimages to uh, ask penance, penitence, uh, to receive forgiveness. In fact, to this day, when you walk the Camino, if you do the last one, it's either 100 miles or kilometers, um, you get a certificate saying that all of your sins are forgiven. So, <laughs> so, you know, Martin Luther 
thought that that was, you know, the plenary indulgence was contrary to, um, to Christ's message of faith. And so in a way he rightfully so put, put a halt to those things. And yet at the same time, um, paved a way for us to encounter pilgrimage in a, a deeper way today. Um, the church is in a completely different place than it was, you know, back right. then. And so, and in fact, this was my um, graduate thesis was, uh, the subtitle was reintroducing evangelicals to the practice of pilgrimage today. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I knew that now that I had found this gem, I'd need a convincing case to, um, to share with others why it's so valuable and important. Yeah, sure. Before you, I'm, I'm going to ask you to share why you do think it's so valuable, but I, but have you walked the Camino? Camino? Have you done that? Program? I haven't. My husband has. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so it's on, on my list as I'm sure it's on the list of many, but it was sure. even, uh, and, and that's part of pilgrimage too, is that even though I wasn't the one going on the pilgrimage, I, I was a participant in some way because there are also the people that you leave behind and experiencing you coming home changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so why is this something that people ought to consider or participate in? Like, what is it that's so powerful about pilgrimage? Yeah. Well, I think there's one side of it, which is simply how some people might define pilgrimage, journeying to sacred sites. And so, you know, I don't think there are many Christians out there who wouldn't be moved by journeying to the Holy Land and walking in the footsteps of Christ, something that um, they've studied for so long, read on the page, being brought to life right in front of them. And and so I think that can be valuable in changing, life-changing in a way. Uh, but also, too, there's something about leaving home. Um, those who might not be um, as familiar with pilgrimage, but are still within the Christian church are probably familiar with retreats and retreat is, is a form of pilgrimage in, in a sense, in the way that you leave home to have a time set aside for, um, uh, spiritual growth, um, for looking inward and you hope that it will impact you. You hope to encounter God, uh, you hope to encounter a deeper part of yourself and to come back changed in a way. And and so that's how I would describe pilgrimage. I, I think the sacred sites are valuable. And sometimes it's those journeys to the sacred site that um, can be like a ritual, can um, elicit change and in, in encounter. But I think that that part of leaving home being journeying beyond your borders quite, you know, literally, but also figuratively in the sense that um, you're not in your comfort zone anymore. Hmm. You're not in everyday life. And so it, it'll be both easier because you can take off the pressures of daily life and also a little more challenging. You're going to be at your edge. And I think that's where we encounter God um, most deeply. That's where we encounter ourselves most deeply. And so I think that's obviously where transformation can occur most rapidly and create lasting change as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I think it's, uh, is is there maybe something as well to, um, to, to the actual movement itself? Like actually, Mm -hmm. uh, 
Like I know I found that myself is uh, I like to go on walks. Yeah. 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 And that's something. And there are other people who kind of emphasize that piece more too. those who come to pilgrimage sometimes have, you know, different things that draw them in. And especially with the Camino and in traditional pilgrimages as well. I mean, those traveling to Rome in, um, you know, the 12th century weren't driving or flying. Uh, they were walking. If they were rich, maybe they traveled on horseback, but probably not. Um, and so walking has been a huge part of, of pilgrimage. And as you say, too, even physiologically has a way of helping us sink down from our minds to our hearts. I, I, I like the, um, I think, I don't know if I'll say it right in the Latin, but it's like Salvador Ambulato, which is from St. Augustine. Uh, the way is solved by walking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in a way it, it allows our spirituality to become more embodied. Uh, and, and those who know their scripture well know that it also says that our body is the temple of God. And so in a way your footsteps become your prayers, uh, which can be such a sweet release and relief when so often we get stuck, stuck in our heads. Mm-hmm. I wondered about this because in, even in your bio, you have, you know, you'll find her wandering museums and markets yeah, I guess exploring so. cities by foot. <laughs> uh-huh. seeming to have this emphasis, even though maybe mm-hmm. that's not your emphasis mm-hmm. in what you talk about, but it seemed like that maybe just been part of your life. Um, yeah. Or is part of your life, this, this, this idea of wandering. Well, I think, I guess both, like you're saying, when traveling and I, I say wandering, cities by foot or, um, or at home, you know, these, these walks I take to this nearby park that's in this forest right in the middle of the city. Those are, those are my moments of slowing down. Right. And consequently the moments that I connect with self and with God. And, um, so yeah, that's, I didn't even notice that in the same way you did, but, but it's true. And, um, yeah, even while traveling, once I, I studied abroad in London, and so that, even though maybe not a traditional pilgrimage to many, um, for me, is definitely a pilgrimage destination because it's a place and time in which I uh, grew enormously in my own faith as well as just as I was becoming an adult, so grew into my own as well. And um, I, at least central London, I feel like I know you know, the city, like the back of my hand. And I love to walk miles just roaming the city. There's something about it that helps me feel like home in this place that is now so far from home. Yeah. So do you, like, is, is travel or getting away, like, is that, is travel and, or, or travel and spirituality connected for you in some way or is it? Yeah. Okay. It, for, for me, that has definitely been my experience and um particularly you know like I, I grew up traveling in the more obvious ways um that those of us who grew up in the church might identify that connection you know going on mission trips or sure. or things like that but um really whenever it became in, intertwined with me was when I started uh traveling more on my own um first through a, a backpacking trip in Europe after my first year of college and then um, later studying abroad and then traveling more um, throughout Europe and then spending a gap year in Uganda as well. And, you know, it might've been the time of life that those are very formative years, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and it was something I think too, about finally being on my own, um, that these were personal journeys, but God was my close companion on them. And so because of that, these journeys impacted my faith in, in ways that I couldn't have home, at home. I think, um, particularly just because you're encountering new cultures, um, challenges that you might not face in everyday life. And, and that can stretch your boundaries that stretched me, broadened me, um, to be able to take in more when it comes to my faith, to hold more, to explore more, to even play and wonder about the unknown more. And so I, I definitely think, um, it broadened my container, which broadened my faith. And that deepening of my faith uh, changed my everyday life when I returned home as well. And the way I traveled too. Right. That's, that's really good. I I really just want you to tell me that it's okay to go back to Disney world and see that as a spiritual thing. You know, well, I think (laughs) I had this dream actually, right. Whenever I was graduating of even creating, um, guides for kids or or adults if you'd like about how disney world can be a pilgrimage because in in a way uh in in the child's mind those fairy tales you know are faith in some ways um and so honoring that is entering into um into that world at their level yeah um I was going to ask you to kind of a tongue in cheek question is, is yeah. some of this just about having a travel bug and finding spiritual justification for it? Because oh, I, yeah. know, I, I know I I've got feelings travel, about that. <laughs> I, I have a travel bug. Like I, I love to travel and often yeah. traveling is also for me time to connect with family. Like we take yeah. you know, family mm-hmm. trips with extended family as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Do you, do you have anything to? Say? No, I do. And I, you, you had sent that question to me earlier, and I had remembered. I guess it was about four years ago. I um, wrote a post called "The Upside of Wanderlust," and it was a response to um, a, a post that was unrelevant at the time. The downside of wanderlust, okay. and I found it on Facebook. It had been shared on Facebook at that point like three thousand, four thousand times, and. Um, I had some beef to, you know, to pick with this author. And, and, you know, the way that they were talking about it made sense. And yet, because they were talking about, you know, that wanderlust can just always eat at us and that's not really where the problem is. But I think the, one, the reason that you wander is important. And so I think just kind of like our brokenness and our path to healing are two sides of the same coin. I think um, looking into, like paying attention to that desire to wander and honoring it, but knowing why it's there and digging in, investing into that story to bring about change in your own life. Um, so I think it's, it's up to you how how you approach that wanderlust if it's um to escape then that's something to pay attention to and if it's to go deeper um then follow follow that thread i like that i think that's really good um i'm also thinking about like biblically and maybe it's getting back to sort of the protestant possible Mm -hmm. objections to 
uh, oh, I've got you. Hit me. Or pilgrimage. But it just kind of seems like in the Bible, people are wandering all the time. I mean, obviously, people had to walk. Yeah. There aren't cars, yeah. But, um, but it, I, it seems like it's a pretty major biblical theme, actually. Oh, think about it. Undoubtedly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Abraham himself, yeah. the father of, you know, the three Abrahamic faiths, uh, is the first recorded pilgrim yeah. and left because of that call. Um, not because he knew exactly what was going to happen, but there was this sacred whisper, you know, that come follow me, which of course we hear again echoed right in the New Testament um, from Jesus uh, to his disciples. But even throughout the Old Testament and the Israelites journey um, is this cycle of uh, longing, God's longing, uh, the people's longing for a relationship for one another sacred encounter, that quest, which is kind of the second stage um, where, you know, the, the transformation happens and um, integration. And so then, then they fall away, right? And so God reaches out again, um, cycling through that cycle once more and once more and once more until we reach the New Testament with Jesus. Um, and I, if, you, if you're interested in digging deeper, that's like you know, a very short summary of a paper I wrote um, that I actually have in an ebook form on my website on the resources page. Um, and I tell it in story, story form. Um, but yeah, the, then even with the New Testament, we've got um, the Magi as you could consider them the first recorded pilgrims, or not recorded, that's Abraham, the Christian pilgrims, the first Christian pilgrims, those seeking after Christ. And again, even, you know, there's that, the metaphor or the archetypal resonance there because it's it's that following that star, um, the light that's shining in the darkness uh, to to lead us to Christ, to lead us to hope. Um, and then, of course, the gospel account themselves, the, all that wandering, as you um, as you've explained, but even the journey of Christ to the cross mm-hmm. and the resurrection and beyond. Um, could be seen as a pilgrimage. I mean, in the incarnation, even starting starting there, of God come down to earth. So, yeah. So I'd say, yeah, it's all it's there. Yeah. Um, and like I it, bring up Abraham, I, and I I really relate to Abraham's. Story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I think it's part of the Passover liturgy, isn't it? Our, like a wandering a wandering Aramean was our ancestor. Mm. Mm. how that begins um in the jewish faith um yeah. the wandering is like right in the liturgy <laughs> oh yeah well and undoubtedly because the passover story yeah is about them being in exile their hearts yeah. wandering looking for home yeah uh very cool i you said something kind of near the beginning of us our, our conversation about how this idea of pilgrimage is maybe not a niche did you say yeah well i guess what i mean yeah i i think i mean well and maybe like i'll 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 give a little room for me being biased because we all think we (laughs) right right we're right but um but i i think i think the seeker is at the heart of each one of us and so while you might say like that person's really into going to these sacred sites or, you know, this or that, like as a hobby type of thing. And so that's what I meant by, by niche. I see. Um, I, I want to be cautious with that because 
we're invited into journeys every day in our everyday life. Um, any longing, desire uh, is a whisper from God to enter in. It's an invitation. And so um, that's what a lot of my work centers on because as much as we love to wander and travel all the time, um, we can't do that, most of us. And so it's really about uh, becoming change agents and living as pilgrims in everyday life. And so, um, you know, even, even coming to church and um, you know, this might be a little more obvious in the more liturgical traditions where you come in and then the uh, the Eucharist is kind of the high point of the ceremony and then you leave taking the body out into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in um, uh, more evangelical traditions where the, where the sermon is the high point of, of the ceremony, that there's a longing that brings you into communion with one another and seeking communion with God. And so that, that hour or however long you're there is a journey as well. And something you take back out in the world and you come back again. And even those days where you don't want to go to church, but um, you end up going, that's the ritual aspect of it. Because sometimes we want to, ritual, I think can both be something that happens to enact meaning where you're not feeling it, but you want to, and so you um, participate or to mark meaning as well. Mm-hmm. And so all that to say is that uh, this framework of journey and even our, our favorite films, our favorite stories, all express that theme of journey. And that's why we love them, because it's speaking to something deep within us. Yeah, yeah. Um Wow, you, there's so much there that you're saying. Like, it just makes. I, like, I just want to now talk about uh, great books and stories. But um, <laughs> sorry, I've been doing a lot of writing lately, so so it's all up there. <laughs> uh, but I, I also want to just kind of focus in a little more on, uh, you know, how someone might live out. Like, how does someone live out being a pilgrim or being on a sacred journey in their everyday life? Like, other than like you've you've mentioned like going to church engagement yeah. and what it means to to live into that but what in some ways like how can busy people um engage in sacred journeying <laughs> yeah 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 well um so there are a few ways i could go at this well i do have a rule of life that i've written um for the pilgrim and that, so a rule of life another ancient practice perhaps the um most commonly known one would be the rule of saint benedict so um of the benedictine order within the catholic church um but basically i think we hear the r- word rule um and so we kind of think uh <laughs> like stuff stuff you have to follow yeah. but really it's a it's a foundation um from which to live I know others have described it as like a, a trellis um, for you to vine, vine along. Um, and so that's got seven principles as well. You can, I'll see if I can remember them all. I might sneak behind, behind you here and, uh, <laughs> and look them up. But um, the first is um, a pilgrim looks for the sacred in the quotidian. And quotidian is, it's just a word that means ordinary, but, I choose to use that word instead of ordinary because um, there's something um, transcendent to it, something that's a little different. And so um, that happens whether it's, you know, you're walking the road, the Camino, um, 
or you're just at home doing your everyday, uh, everyday routine, um, that looking for the sacred and the ordinary. The second is, um, I'm just going to give an example. Yeah. 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 Uh, A previous guest I had on was uh, Caitlin Curtis and she talked, Mm. um, uh, she has a book called Glory Happening, and and uh, she talked about her one of her main times for encountering God is doing the dishes. Exactly. Oh, exactly. But, and but gosh, also, do I hate to do the dishes? Yeah. But she and also yet, beautifully. So you, yes. you it, you go, oh yeah, you are encountering of course. God. Like, oh, this oh, doesn't work. Like uh-huh. dishes don't work for me. But yeah, well, and that's <laughs> even like trying to realize too. I'm on this journey of mindfulness right now as well, and realizing like I have a choice. And we do have a choice each moment, each day to enter into the presence of God because um, God, I mean, God is in the past through our experience and in the future, through the way we experience God in the future. But like we encounter God in the present moment. Yeah. Um, and so each day, each moment is an invitation to, to return and remember. That's how I like to define a spiritual practice, even mm-hmm. something that calls you to return and remember and return to your intention and remember um, who God is, mm. who you are. Okay. I interrupted you in the middle of like seven things that you were saying. Oh, that's okay. So well, that, one out. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's okay. You keep, you keep entering in. Uh, the second is uh, pilgrim practices somatic spirituality. So somatic meaning body. Um, so that brings in kind of that walking piece as well. Like a pilgrim doesn't just go places in their mind. And the body is an essential part of being a pilgrim. And so um, that could be simply, and even washing the dishes, right? Saying like, that's a spiritual practice. That's using your body. Um, So it could be something as simple as that or... I should, I should tell you as well, like part of the reason I started this podcast is I used to just hate the word spirituality and like, almost mm. like, so when people said things like, oh, it's, you know, our body's involved, I, I would always like cringe. And mm. I, I eventually started to realize, oh, like I've been taking communion since I was a kid. Huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's not only communion, but like the body of Christ. Right. right? Uh-huh. And right. we are said so, to be the body of Christ. Yeah. So I think just realizing like sometimes when we hear certain language or certain mm. words, I think mm-hmm. we can just, I don't know, sometimes like just ordinary people are like, ah, that sounds like really churchy or really weird or maybe too much like Oprah or like, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> or just like sort of floaty in some way. But mm-hmm. I think we sometimes forget, oh, we actually are engaging in certain practices and we're not necessarily thinking about the fact that we are engaging yeah. in those. Well, even like standing to sing in church, right? Yeah, and singing exactly. itself. Exactly. It's sometimes, uh, it's sometimes yeah. weird because when somebody puts language or starts to explain, hey, here's what is going on when we're doing that. Sometimes yeah. that language can sound weird. I guess that's my point. Uh-huh. Um, and so just assuring people who are listening, going, uh, I don't know, like my body, like, I don't know. Like, I just believe in God in my heart and in my mind and that's fine. Mm. But actually, like we have a text from Jesus talking about, you know, loving God with your strength uh, mm-hmm. and not just your mind mm-hmm. and, your, and your heart. Yeah. So, well, and anyway. gosh, if the incarnation isn't a testament to yeah, the importance exactly. of body, then I don't know what is. Right, right. But I think again, like, man, I'm, I'm I'm being down on Protestants. I love Protestants. I am a Protestant, but like we we've made like we made the faith into a, into a lot of going on in our head. Yeah. And then I think in some ways evangelicalism 
was able to say, okay, it's not just about head. There's also heart. Mm-hmm. And, and now we're maybe a little more comfortable with that. Like even I say mm. Presbyterian where we're not really that comfortable with the heart <laughs> emotion. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but maybe we're starting to get, like maybe our bodies are starting to catch up to that and say mm. there's something else as well. Yeah. We can't mm-hmm. just be in head and heart, but we've got to actually be involved. And we've well, yeah. things that have, have done that for us traditionally that we already still engage in. We're just not, we don't necessarily name it. Well, exactly. And even, you know, you could start to think about what is it about running that makes me feel close to God? Uh, walking, even being out in nature and creation, which is God's first yeah. revelation. Yeah, like I found that even as a pastor, I didn't connect those things. Like I liked hiking, but I didn't necessarily connect that like anything was going on mm-hmm. in, that, in that moment. Um, and it actually took me having a sabbatical and having time. Yeah, uh, a form of pilgrimage. Yeah, essentially. And mm-hmm. and I went I went away for three weeks of that that time, yeah. a couple of events, and mm-hmm. did a bunch of hiking in uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains. And in that process, just kind of started thinking, oh. <laughs> Like yeah. walking and praying is really important to me. And it just yeah. never occurred to me until just a couple of years ago, like two or three years ago. Yeah. Um, that this was a thing. So yeah. anyway, I'm well, glad you're, I'm glad you're here to listen to me. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's, and that's why I think uh, I love the work of spiritual direction because so often people either think on their spiritual journey, they think they need to learn so much more about something else, or maybe if they aren't resonating with something, it's just, you know, throw in the towel type of thing. And I just want to say for people to start where you are yeah, because yeah. that's where God meets you. And so stripping down the layers, the language, um, and, and finding, I think even there's a David White poem, finding your own way of starting the conversation. Mm. Um, and then it, that even in itself is a journey, an interior journey uh, to the heart of, of your faith, your experience of God. Yeah. So are, are we going to still continue on these seven things? Would you like to? We've done two. I, 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 I want to hear more, but I, I, I feel well, like, I hope I'm not distracting you. No, like, no. And I can just go I through them know. and then you can comment um, okay, we'll after see. if you want, whatever, yeah. you, whatever you think. You, you carry on. Okay. Number three. I am a podcast host too. So I know how it goes where yeah. you get, <laughs> get involved in one area and then you realize all the time is fast. Well, the third one um, is a pilgrim is a good steward of resources. Um, and so that, that involves, you know, all sorts of resources, whether it's finances or, um, or the earth uh, being a gift from God or, um, even, you know, relationships or, um, your, your work in the world, Hmm. um, that uh, the pilgrim doesn't take those things for granted. And, um, so, that I feel like is applicable to whether you're traveling abroad and hospitality is a huge thing um, for pilgrimage because you depend on the hospitality, the assistance of others, or if you're at home and um, you are making your way in the world and trying to live a compassionate life. Um, All of these really are about awareness and intention um, that help help keep you on the path step by step. Hmm. Um, the fourth one is a pilgrim immerses herself in culture. So uh, pretty obvious, right? When you're traveling, right. um, you're, you're traveling there not to live the life you live at home, but to experience something new and to learn from um, someone else. 
And uh, in the same way, they live that way at home too, immersing themselves in their location, their locatedness. Um, And when they journey out, um, they come back with the hope of bringing, bringing their experience home as as well to their to the wider community um let's see what the fifth one is i think the (laughs) the fifth one is uh a pilgrim establishes daily rhythms to ground himself so that's that's about you know spiritual practices and um that regular rhythm of coming into contact with god and um with with the self as well and so that might be more traditional practices and might be um, what we think of maybe as quiet time practices, reading your Bible, prayer, might be journaling, might even be that at that daily walk. Mm-hmm. Um, but those regular rhythms to, to, to ground yourself. Mm-hmm. And then the sixth, I'm, I'm going to do it. I think I've got them all. <laughs> okay. Is uh, the pilgrim carries herself with curiosity. Um, and so that is the stance of the pilgrim, no matter, no matter what she encounters. Um, you can also think of like a pilgrimage as a quest and that word quest is in the word question. And so it's often these questions that lead us on quests in life. I think even those who aren't familiar with pilgrimage and, um, kind of get caught up or you know, overwhelmed with all of this jargon. And I'm, I'm someone full of jargon for sure. And um, you know, can't deny that it's questions that have changed their lives um, and led them on new journeys. And, and it's that that stance of curiosity is one of playfulness, um, an openness to saying, okay, God, you know, show me, show me where you are. Show me where you're leading. Uh, show me how to engage here. Yeah, I think this is a great one to really, I, I think, to try to apply this in our daily lives. Um, I think curiosity is a good one to think about because I mm-hmm. think we are, for people who travel, like say just on vacations or, or whatever, yeah. um, curiosity, is, I think, goes hand in hand with with. Uh, vacationing actually yeah you know, uh-huh. other than maybe like i'm going to vacation because i just need to get away from the freezing cold of yeah where i am uh-huh it's not about curiosity it's about and sometimes you also <laughs> need about, to do that <laughs> um, but still like i know for me i go somewhere and even if i've been there before i'm looking for you know oh what can we do like what what can, not even necessarily about what can we learn, but like what are what's new that could be experienced or mm-hmm, whatever. It's just mm-hmm. Sort of this. There, we are going to learn things in the process. Yeah. But to try to take that same uh, attitude and bring mm-hmm. that into our daily lives, and I think mm-hmm. maybe that's curiosity seems to me a good way into that. Yeah, but I definitely. Think all of these that you're talking about, it's kind of taking that that mindset of if you were journeying to somewhere mm-hmm. far away, mm-hmm. how, how do you then bring that in? in? Exactly. All of these um, principles came from me, you know, imagining this arch, archetypal pilgrim. Yeah. Um, I chose and I chose seven because seven's a sacred number. So oh, I'm yeah, always, course, like, you know, three or seven were my options. Maybe twelve yeah. if I had more. <laughs> right. But. Um, 
yeah. And so that, that's what it is, is kind of plucking from this, you know, even this image of the pilgrim in your mind or that traditional pilgrimage long ago. Right. And what is it about that, that metaphor um, that can help us engage our everyday journey, our everyday lives with more intention? Yeah, I love for that. sure. So number seven. You ready for ready for number people seven? Now, people are now really curious. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should delay it longer. No, no. Go okay. <laughs> um, the seventh is, um, and this is kind of like a build too. Uh, it's okay. a pilgrim seeks to know his inner witness, which is another jargony term, right? But yeah. I learned it whenever I was discovering the practice of spiritual direction. And and it's a term that people use to describe that place within. Uh, you're talking that heart spirituality, right? Where um, the self and God meet, where, where the Holy Spirit dwells. Mm-hmm. And so as we uh, look at ourselves as image bearers and thus co-creators with God, um, and, and this is all about that journey inward too, uh, finding that core. And so... And so that is, that's ultimately what drives, drives the pilgrim is the desire to know God more and to know self more because um, the more you know your deepest self, the more you know God. And the more you know God, the more you can know your deepest self because the, the goal the, um, in the spiritual journey is, is communion with God. Um, and that, you know, that's something we don't walk around like saying every day. <laughs> Um, step one communion with god (laughs) brush teeth um but i think if you stop and sit back and think what is it that takes me to church or um, takes me into the bible or calls me to prayer or even to fellowship with friends um, across the table um we're, we're relational beings i mean that's the uh value of the trinitarian doctrine that's what it tells us and um and so to, to seek to know God, to seek to know self, um, and Thomas Merton talks a lot about that, is, um, and to listen to the movement of the Holy Spirit, who I like to call the sacred guide, you know, on our journeys. That is, that is what drives the pilgrim, whether abroad or in everyday life. That is what makes us seekers of the sacred. All right, so that's the seven. And I also have on my website a glossary. Oh, okay. For all of those terms. Because, yeah, I realize I'm pouring them all out on you. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Now, we also mentioned that you're a spiritual director. Yes. Mm -hmm. I I want to take a moment and just kind of touch on that too. I've had a couple of other spiritual directors on the podcast before just talking about various things. Um, One talking about retreats, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, But... um, I, I kind of want to ask you while I, while I have you here is when should someone seek out a spiritual director and then how do they go about that? Yeah. Well, um, when seeking out a spiritual director, I think it's good to know, you know, first, uh, it's, it's usually like a monthly commitment hour long and it's, it's seen as a spiritual practice, even as a, as a time of prayer, anytime we're entering, um, intentionally into the presence of God is, is a time of prayer and that, and, you know, like we were talking about the body earlier, like that's a way to expand our own definition, our experience of prayer. Um, I mean, I, th- I think, as with pilgrimage, that spiritual direction is, there's a place for everyone in spiritual direction. I'll, I'll say it that way. Sure. Um, and, and what it 
is, is a place where you can be held in your questioning, in your curiosity. It's a, it's an opportunity to sit with someone as they both listen into your story, um, what's happening in, in your daily life. It doesn't even have to be something overtly spiritual. Um, what, what we're trying to do is listen in. I, kind of use this image of the lamplighter as the spiritual director. And I'm kind of holding the light to where we see God's movement in your, in your life. And, um, and so in, in that sense, um, I don't even see the spiritual director as so much of a mentor, um, like perhaps a pastor might be, or someone you have a more personal relationship with. And even many spiritual directors will be the first to say that even though my title is spiritual director, I'm not the director in this relationship. The Holy Spirit is, is the director. And oftentimes people will light a candle or put a second chair to remind us of that. And, and, and so my work as a spiritual director is simply to be a compassionate presence in your wonderings and, and wanderings. Mm. No, that's good. Um, I also think um, this idea of reminding um, it sound, kind of seems like a spiritual director has a special way to remind um, mm-hmm. you already know. And, you yes. Know, sometimes also just reminding or, you know, reminding that the Holy Spirit is, mm-hmm. is active, is already there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like both of those pieces of what you're saying. One, like, of what we already know, that... um this is built within each one of us. We were made for this. It's just that life brokenness gets in the way. And so that's, that's someone to mirror to you to help, um, help remind you of, of, of the light, help you find the light and um, yeah, remind you of the presence of God in your life. Mm-hmm. I kind of asked the original question in a purposely pointed way saying, when should, I wouldn't normally ask a question that way. When should someone seek out a spiritual yeah. director? Cause I think actually the right answer is like really any time. Yeah. I can give you some shoulds. So, Do you want some shoulds? If you have them, that would be, that would be really impressive. I'm a one on the Enneagram. So I'm, I'm filled with shoulds. <laughs> uh, that's the perfectionist, the idealist, but I mean, it's, I, I think it's important because sometimes we don't know it's us until we hear those words and say like, Oh, that's me. Um, I, I, you know, and so I think if you aren't, aren't feeling at home in your church, Mm. uh, whether you find yourself disagreeing or wanting to go deeper, um, that's a great time to seek out a spiritual director and to answer your question of how to find one. Um, I direct people first and foremost to, I mean, you can Google spiritual director wherever you live. Um, but, um, spiritual directors international, I think their website is sdiworld.org. Um, and then, and then there's also an evangelical spiritual directors group as well. I'm not sure of their website, but, um, I'm sure you can find a link to it and many people meet in person or, or over Skype as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you want to, um, engage with more spiritual practice in your life, if you want to uh, know God in more intimate ways, if you're in a season of discernment, maybe vocational discernment or um, going through a transition in relationships, a season of grief or loss, or um, if you want to get to know yourself more as well, uh, because I think God wants that too. 
Uh, what makes you come alive? That's an enthusiastic. It comes from in Theos, in God. Um, and in the same way, inspiration, in spirit. And so those are important places to pay attention to. And um, that's part of the work of spiritual direction as well. Uh, wow. Okay. So that's like a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> list, list form. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't believe how long we've been talking. This has been really, really rich, Lacey. I, Thank you. Um, yeah. And thanks so much for doing this. Yeah. Where So where should people go? Again, I think I gave the website at the beginning, but maybe just remind people where yeah. to connect with you online. Yeah. So my website is a sacredjourney.net. And um, if you go there and sign up for updates, you'll receive... Uh, a PDF that has those pilgrim principles on it and it explains it probably better than I did live because I had more time to think about it and provide some practices, um, some action steps as well to begin um, living those in your life and um, plenty of other resources um, on pilgrimage there. You can click on the resources tab. I've got a podcast as well um, for um for people practicing pilgrimage at home and abroad. And so we talk about both sides of that. If people want to kind of get more of a taste of what does it mean to live like a pilgrim at home? What journeys am I already on? Um, And I've got a shop as well with resources too. So plenty, plenty to find there. Yeah. It's actually a really good website. So I know you took some time explaining some of the things that are there. Um, I looked around on there a little bit today and it's, it's, um, it's actually a beautiful website as well. Like, it looks- well, my, I, my, uh, <laughs> undergrad was in graphic design, so it's nice uh, to be able to use it a bit, really a bit, even though uh, I'm on a different path. Yeah. It's funny. My undergrad was in computer science, so I can't act. I have trouble making the websites look good, but I know. Uh-huh. That I- but I understand how they're all working behind this. Yeah, well, we need a team up then. Oh, maybe we do. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I, people should go to your website for sure because um, there are tons of resources there. I noticed as well, like something you didn't necessarily, I think you have like two in-depth courses as well that people can access. I, I do. I've got Journey Guide, which is for people uh, who want to go on a traditional pilgrimage abroad. And so right. that is kind of to guide you on that journey, whether you're uh, planning the trip yourself and going on your own or with friends or even joining a group pilgrimage to help you go a little deeper. Mm. And then um, the second is the Pilgrim Principles course, which I'll actually hopefully be releasing uh, later in the summer. It used to be in book form and now I'm transforming it into an, you know, a community driven interactive online course. Uh, And so I'm really excited to see to journey with people, you know, in real time, mm. following that rule of life and learning to live um, like a pilgrim in everyday okay. life. That's awesome. So hopefully, when that's available, if you if you get that available by the summer, then let yeah. me know and I can look. Yeah, there's no perfect. Yeah, and if people want to sign up for updates, they'll certainly be the first to know as well. Yeah, right on. Okay, thanks so much, Lacey. It was yes, you're welcome. Okay, bye-bye. bye bye.